I remember a time when I was sitting in front of a vice president of operations who was sharing with me all the challenges that he was experiencing and hoping that I might be able to provide a path forward. They were faced with a plant closure, they had customer complaints, and they recently lost a quality leader for which they were looking for me to drop in and potentially solve all the problems. Now, they were very stressed at the time, but when I came back to them and says, you need somebody to partner with you, assess the landscape, and solve the immediate business issues, And while I'm here, I will also be elevating the capability of the people so that they can survive and serve our customers. And with that, their body relaxed. They were experiencing peace of mind knowing that I would be able to come in and solve the issues that were plaguing them. Now, this concept of peace of mind and seeing the human experience is so, so important. My interview with Hobie Wedler is exactly that. Now, he is a flavor sensory specialist, but he doesn't just provide flavors for customers. He provides experiences by connecting with the human emotion and understanding what ultimately will bring them the experience and peace of mind. It's a different way of working, not just solving a business issue, but leaving a lasting impact. Let's listen to this amazing conversation. When I work on a product, I don't do anything until I sit down with the person who's sort of the parent, if you will, of the product. Maybe that's an owner in a small company. Maybe that's a product development president in a larger company. And I say, what do we want people to experience? What do we want them to feel and understand when they taste this, when they smell this, when they literally make this a part of them? And when we can get that, and not everyone is is that great at explaining that. So it takes some interviewing and some coaxing. And if your product was to have a name and a personality, what would it be like? It's I don't know other sensory people who are trying to really get a sense of what are we trying to get people to feel and what emotions are we evoking? That's, I think, what makes me a little bit different. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Cobiello, founder of the Drop-In CEO brand, and I am so grateful you've joined us on another episode of the podcast where I get to speak to amazing leaders so they can share their insights and inspiration for you. And just know if you like this episode, we sincerely appreciate you rating, reviewing, and sharing with others. The downloads have been increasing and we sincerely appreciate your support. But on another note, please know the work that we're doing today is in service to the C-suite leaders of today and tomorrow to navigate your career with confidence. And with that, I am so excited to share the mic with my amazing guest, Hobie Wedler. Dr. Hobie Wedler is an insightful, disarming, and passionate thinker who loves to bring people together to help them see new possibilities. And with the heart of a teacher, 
Hobie helps turn your dreams into realities. Hobie has been completely blind since birth. He is a scientist, an entrepreneur, a sensory expert, and is driven by his passion for innovative, creative, and insightful thinking. Hobie is remarkably tuned into his surroundings and has been frequently chosen to walk the unbeaten paths in life over known territories. And he is very proud in 2016, he earned his PhD in organic chemistry from UC Davis. His fearlessness is infectious and he has actively paved the way for others to join him in his quest to follow passions regardless of the challenges that lie ahead. So Hobie, it is my pleasure to invite you onto the show. So thank you so much. Deb, thank you so much for the opportunity. I love getting to know people like you and what a great opportunity for us to chat and just get to know each other. I love your work. I love the whole idea behind this show, inspiring C-suite leaders. And I just can't thank you enough for the opportunity to speak with you this afternoon. So I thank you as well. And just for my listeners, so this is the power of networking. I use my network. I was searching for people in the flavor, fragrance, operations space, quality space, looking for people that were, quite frankly, really cool. And so Joe Hobie and I had a chance to learn a little bit about what he does. It is so unique. I am super excited for him to share his stories with you and some of the amazing things and experiences he's providing. So Hobie, please share a little bit about yourself personally, your journey, and the work you're doing now. Deb, thank you so much. So I'm uh, born and raised in Northern California in the wine industry, or in wine country, I should say. I was not born into the wine industry in Sonoma County. And it's interesting because my, my parents are such hardworking people, and they are who I really thank every day for instilling the values for me and my brother, who's two years older than me, to uh, go out there in the world and just do the best work we can possibly do. And, and ultimately, I, I strive. I don't compete against anyone except myself, but I try to be the best person I can, I can be uh, every day. My parents taught me many valuable lessons, but one is to have nothing but high expectations of them. And in return, they had extraordinarily high expectations of my brother and me. You know, it was the idea was just never lower the bar and showing them that I could live up to their expectations was just sort of not an option for me. And, and my brother was the same way. So it was just great to have those high expectations to work with. And when you're blind, you know, being able to a lot of people suffer from family members who, who raise them or if you go blind or lose sight later in life, family members who don't believe that, that life is still possible or, or the same life you lived and desired is still possible post losing eyesight. So those high expectations, I, I consider a real gift. The other thing that my parents instilled in me is that my life was my life and that was a great thing, but I had to take responsibility for my actions. So take challenges on, take responsibility for how they come out. You know, if you succeed at something, it's yours to celebrate. And that should be the case for everything. And frankly, if you fail at something, you need to take the blame for it and own up to it. So my parents, when I was born, had no idea that I was going to be born blind. They just didn't know. And uh, there was no history of blindness in the family. They didn't really know any blind people, any blind children or adults. And uh, I was born and the doctors looked at my eyes and said, yeah, they're not working right. And about, I don't know, 20 minutes after, 30 minutes after they said, yeah he's probably going to be blind for the rest of his life. Now imagine the blow of hearing that to a parent. Are you a parent yourself? I am three amazing children. Yes. You can imagine hearing that going, okay, what do we do? So my parents were pretty distraught, I think for about 12 hours 
And then my mom picked up the phone and called her good friend, Barb Morgan. And uh, Barb's husband is a great college friend. And Barb's husband, Steve, answered the phone. All Barb could hear Steve saying was, oh, no, oh, this is just terrible. Oh, gosh, what are we going to do? And Barb, being the person who wants to know exactly what's going on right at that second, grabs the phone from her husband and says, what happened? And my parents said, oh, well, Hobie was born, but he was born blind. And Barb's immediate response was, blind? How we can deal with that? That's no problem. I thought he was dead based on the way my husband was reacting. And to me, that's an interesting question. When my parents told me that story, I asked the question of why. And I figured it out years later. Barb grew up where her father was, his best friend was a blind professor in Arizona. They were both psychology professors. And the blind friend of her dad's was their handyman. He would, if their dishwasher broke, they called him. If anything happened, they called him. If the refrigerator needed work, John was the guy to do it. And Barb ultimately grew up at a very young age, not seeing blindness as a problem. She saw her father's best friend as a normal individual who just so happened to be blind. So she really helped my parents understand that blindness is not a problem. There's an interesting element there. I think when, when children are exposed to things, there's a naivete and an innocence that allows them to become infinitely more accepting. And I just, I find that just fascinating. And, and that's simply an aside. I uh, fell in love with science by doing a lot of work as a kid around the house, helping my dad with plumbing projects and electrical projects, but more importantly, cooking and uh, blending flavors together. I just I got so excited about what I could do with flavor. You know, I, I think now that I think about it, that that was my way of seeing the world. That was my way of experiencing art, right? Because flavor is art. If you, if you think about it and flavors are literally vocabulary words that have a definition and we write poetry with those words. And that's what I love doing. So when I was 10 years old, my Christmas gift or my birthday gift rather from my parents was a 42 quart soup pot because they wanted soups to be made for them to freeze and take to work as for lunches. So, and I made some good soups and I experimented with flavor and you know, it was so, so funny because it was just sort of a fun pastime for me, Deb. But what I realized is those are the years when I learned truly what I know about flavor and built my palate and reminded myself of what flavors taste like what. And it was literally like aligning my mind with knowing what colors are to you. And it's an interesting thing. I think we use our senses of, well, our non-visual senses, I should say, and in particular, our senses of smell and taste less in our everyday life because our eyesight is responsible for so much of what we take in from our surroundings. I did an experiment where I held a red pen up in front of my four-year-old nephew a few weeks ago and said, hey, read, what color is this? He immediately said, it's red. Okay, so even a four-year-old knows what red is. But when you ask someone to smell fenugreek and identify it as a spice, and, and granted, that's a little adult for a young child, but most adults have a hard time saying, yeah, that's definitely fenugreek, right? So I was able to create mind maps of, of what things smell like. And, and it was all because my parents asked me to make them soups. And I just, I loved it. And it was, it was what, what made me tick. I should say the other thing about my parents is they taught me there's no substitute for hard work. You know, we did all our own work on our house. We cooked all our own meals. We, we did it all ourselves. So a 12-hour workday, you know, after, after school, coming home and working for another six hours was never a big deal to my brother and me. I think it's such an important thing to learn. To make a long story really short, because I don't want to ramble here, I fell in love with chemistry in high school. 
had an amazing chemistry teacher who would tell the class, oh, chemistry is everything. It's what we live. It's what we breathe. You should think about studying it more than just as a, as a mere prerequisite that, that you think you have to take and have to do. And uh, I would go to her and say, well, that's great. I want to study chemistry in college. And she'd say, oh, Hobie, I don't think it's going to be practical. It's such a visual science. And I thought, I got to be able to get her to understand what I, what I do and who I am. So I remember vividly, like it was yesterday, approaching her classroom the, early in the morning before any students arrived, the second week of the second semester of honors chemistry. And I said, you know, I understand your worry. I get it. You know, we need to see things to pour them accurately and do accurate lab work. But I got to tell you that nobody can see atoms. Chemistry <laughs> is a cerebral science. And she became an ally from that point forward. Uh, to make a long story short, I thought that I wanted to teach chemistry. I'm always at the heart of a teacher and not in the sense of wanting to stand in front of a group and profess a bunch of information that I know that, that maybe they don't know. But no, it's really to get people excited about things maybe they never knew they could get excited or they were excited about before. And I wanted to do that with chemistry, which led me to uh, earn an undergraduate and ultimately PhD in chemistry, both from UC Davis. While I was in graduate school, I had the honor of teaching a lot of freshman chemistry classes. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to inspire kids who were just out of high school, getting new to college, getting them to really think about, maybe this is more fun than the boring prerequisite I thought it was. So one thing led to another. And what I was doing as a chemistry teacher is making the science less accessible to me and very accessible to my students with visuals and video clips and all this stuff, because I learned very early on that students don't like to speak chemistry. They want to see it. They also don't read the book enough as they should, as much as they should before class. So I got out of graduate school with my PhD and thought about what do I want to do? I've always had a passion for entrepreneurship. I actually met up with Francis Ford Coppola in 2011 and started hosting truly blindfolded wine experiences for him. That got me excited about flavor. That got me super excited and more excited even than when I was a kid about the fact that I had built up my palate and now I could use it to get other people really excited about the beverage of wine. And that pulled me into this world of, of product development and sensory consulting that I just can't get enough of now. I just love the work that I do. And that brings me to where I am now. I'm also a creative thinker. So I have a little uh, marketing firm called SensePoint that, that I love. I'm one of those weird scientists who loves marketing as well. And uh, yeah, a couple of couple of my own brands of product as well. So that's that's in a nutshell who I am. And I'm sorry if that took too long. Oh, no, but Hobie, that was so inspirational because there is a thread through it that was really inspiring me. And for those listening, I'm sure you will pick up the gems from his experience and how he has turned everything into an advantage for him. But the thing that was really interesting for me is you talk about just an alternative alphabet, an alternative language. You know, I will find that sometimes when I'm interviewing or speaking to somebody, I actually close my eyes because I want to deeply hear the words, the intonation. And so I am getting extra sensitive about the experience of hearing a voice. And I think there's a lesson in there for a lot of us. Yes, we are stimulated by five different senses, but it is if we have, if we're deficient in one, it ratchets up the other so we can still function at leveraging the gifts of the other senses. So yours is, you know, the hearing and the tasting all to your advantage to create experiences for others. So I don't want to hear anybody 
in the audience that says, I'm not, I can't, I don't, because you can, you will (laughs) take personal accountability. And there are always ways to turn things to your advantage like Hobie did. Oh, thank you for that. And I I just have a quick question. I I know you're interviewing me, but I have a quick question for you and your work, your many years in the flavor and and fragrance business, do you often smell things or have you ever had this happen where you smell something and you just think of a word or think of a sentence or a line of poetry, or you just, you can place it in your mind and it just brings you somewhere? To, to answer your question, a memory, a memory is what come, maybe no words, but a, a, a place in time with a person, you know, the smell of bread, the smell of garlic from my great-grandmother's kitchen smells evoke memories for me and tastes. It's like you're right back there in her kitchen, isn't it? It's not, it's not like a photo where you sort of get this foggy glimpse of it. But when I smell something that reminds me of my past, I'm right back there. And, and that is the human experience. It is what we're trying to do. We're connecting with humans. And yes, we exchange information through conversation. But we need to explore all of these other senses because, again, the flavors, the fragrances are other ways of experiencing life for which your work is dedicated. So I would just love, though, to ask you a little bit more. So I'm amazed by the work you do. But for our listeners, I think it would be helpful to understand when you work with clients, how have you helped them? What are the experiences that they're having? And what is the experience that you move them to through the work, the product development, the flavor experience? You know, for me, my whole goal as a consultant is to solve problems. When people don't know what next to do, they, they often call me. And I, I feel like I can take a product and taste it and under, in the food industry and beverage industry and understand it, get a clear picture of it in my mind. And I, because I, I speak that, and I don't mean to say anything about, about me here, but I do feel like I speak the language of flavor fairly well. So I can think about something and understand how their flavors are melding and coming together and really understand also what people like to taste, sort of what, what's happening in the world, and help them take their product from one place, one level, and bring it to another, to another level that's more positive, that's more saleable, and that makes them, the client, happier and more successful. Because we can take things at, at one stage and, and boost them up to something even even better than, uh, than than they were at, and and I've also worked with companies where from scratch I've developed products using flavors and essences and and even raw ingredients, and and that to me both of those are incredibly inspiring and exciting because we can we can build something we can build a, an art form, and you might not think about a consumable packaged good as a work of art, but I'm here to tell you that it absolutely is, and whether it's a, a flavored pack of Cheez-Its or a piece of a piece of gum that you might be eating or, you know, a beautiful meal that you might have out, uh, which isn't a CPG at all. But food and, and flavor is art. And it's my way of, of, of performing my own sort of form of art to help people. So one of the examples is a project that I am working on right now with a liqueur company, a liqueur company. And um, liqueur is a Caribbean descent from Barbados, and it's predominantly hibiscus. And we need to add sugar and alcohol to hibiscus and the the rest of the botanicals to turn it into a liqueur, right? But the problem is hibiscus has pectins in it. So we came in and there was a process in place where pectinase was being added at the same time as the alcohol, which didn't help anything. 
And we said, you know, we can figure this out. We found a much better enzyme that didn't have much flavor. We tried it out. It worked perfectly. And we were able to time exactly when to add the enzyme versus add the alcohol to create the perfect balance and something that would be very easily filterable. The other thing that we did is we altered the temperature at which the brewing takes place and we're able to bring out even more flavor. So the customers now are saying, wow, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful difference. It really improves the product. And to me, when we, when we do that, when we make not only the co-packers life easier, but the consumers happier, that's when we're having a lot of fun. And that's what I consider a win. The other thing that I like to do, as I said before, I, I love marketing and I love explaining things in more common, popular terms. So I like working with hardcore R&D teams to make things happen and then go tell the story of that to the sales and marketing team in a way that makes their people who they're talking to, consumers, other, other businesses they're selling to, really innately excited about what we did because they then get a story that's not at all made up. It's, it's the true story taken right from the lab and they can explain it to key stakeholders and decision makers and, and make a big difference that way. Another project we worked on, definitely can't say the name, but a client that uh, is making meat, growing meat out of uh, cell cultures. They were having some problems with the uh, aroma compounds, some of the compounds that were being formed. So we really brought it way upstream and looked at how their process is taking place. What are some of these compounds that might be there and how scientifically can we remove them? It's a lot of fun to start one place and combine my chemistry with my love and passion for the food and beverage world, you know, to make our clients go from really good to truly extraordinary. You know, what's really amazing about this is the scientific work, the sensory work is certainly fascinating and the crux of what you do. But I love what you also said is then the story because you can just, you know, any salesperson can say, we've got a better product than the uh, competition. But to share the story behind it draws people in and to be curious, well, let's give it a try. Let's give it consideration amongst the others. To explain the why. The why. Why does this make sense? Why is this better? Stories are better at selling things than just presenting a product. I have to ask this question because you're a very talented chemist, flavorist, sensory expert, but I want to make sure that people understand truly your value. What differentiates you? from maybe a traditional sensory expert that has come up through the ranks through some of these flavor companies. Very talented people. They've created amazing brands. But I want to understand how you're similar or how are you differentiated because I want people to connect with you. My thing is that I combine science with art, but we can train people's noses to pick things up. We can train a sensory panel, but I bring my own art to the industry and I take the science that I know and I blend it with the way that I think flavor should be and can be and, and really add my artistic touch to what I do. Okay. And I feel like because I'm not distracted by my eyesight, Deb, I'm able to focus on flavor in a deeper way and provide my unique sort of, so far, 35 years of developing an aromatic and flavor vocabulary that I've worked with very talented sensory people, very, very talented, but they're not poets. They, they know the science. And I try to, I like to think of myself as a sensory poet where I really add some of my own touch to things. And rather than saying, okay, this is a, you know, whatever compound this smells like, it's like, okay, what does that compound evoke? And what is the product trying to do? You know, let's think about combining flavors to, to evoke the right emotion. So when I work on a product, 
I don't do anything until I sit down with the person who's sort of the, the, the parent, if you will, of the product. Maybe that's an owner in a small company. Maybe that's a product development president in a, in a larger company. And I say, what do we want people to experience? What do we want them to feel and understand when they taste this, when they smell this, when they literally make this a part of them? And when we can get that, and not everyone is, is that great at explaining that. So it takes some interviewing and some coaxing and say, if you were a product was to have a name and a personality, what would it be like? I don't know other sensory people who are trying to really get a sense of what are we trying to get people to feel and what emotions are we evoking? That's, I think, what makes me a little bit different. You know, I love your response. And I think while we are really focusing on your technical capability and the art of what you're doing, if I take it back to some of the people that may be listening in the work that they're doing, all practical subject matter experts, whether you're in quality, purchasing operations, but what may differentiate you is how one, one tells their story and what is the impact? Because if you can weave what you're doing an impact, maybe even a story or something related to the customer that if we implement this new process or project, this is how it's going to make the customer either respond or feel, then they will be confident that we are the supplier of choice. So there's a very critical element in here, not just what we do, but how we do it and how we make people feel. And how we can chat with people and get them to understand that we want to know them first and foremost what if someone comes to you and asks you for ginger i've had this before we need our product to taste more like ginger okay let's talk about your product first of all why do you think it needs more ginger okay we can get that out of the way what kind of what do you want people to feel when they're tasting it do you want them to feel like they're in a dry arid hot environment do you want them to feel like they're sitting by the sea do you want them to feel like it's like an autumnal feeling or a winter feeling. How do you want this to be? Because there are so many different gingers that we can pull from, and then we can do some, some testing with them. Okay, what do you think of this ginger? What do you think of this one? And really sort of approach this from both a scientific perspective and an artistic and psychological perspective. You know, there's so much work being done by the industry to take the talent of creating flavor experiences and turning them into a commodity, because obviously we have to be able to make things better, faster, cheaper. But I would like to elevate the little bit of the craftsmanship as well that makes some brands just amazing and memorable. And that seems to be the work that you are doing for your clients. Thank you. And I, it's just so much fun to, to take a product from one place to another and, and solve a problem. And that's all we ever try to do is, is help people solve problems in a very modest and humble and and wholesome way. So you are also multifaceted. I came to learn you have a unique product line in addition to all this sensory expertise that you're providing. Tell us a little bit more about Hobie Essentials. Hobie's Essentials is a, is a product line started between my business partner and me because I just love understanding flavor and creating great flavor in my kitchen. And uh, I had a couple of products. We're adding more products to the line as we speak. and We're changing our packaging. So we're shipping a little bit slowly right now because we're moving in the old product. We have two products on the on the market. One is Happy Paprika, and that's a blend of that really I think a beautiful balance of Hungarian sweet paprika, coconut sugar, a little bit of salt, and then garlic, onion, cumin, and our own sort of hand blended uh, chili powder to add in, which is a little bit of Mexican oregano, uh, ancho chili powder, little tiny touch of cayenne, and it just makes a really great flavor. 
The one that people get really excited about though is rosemary salt. So we have a, a shelf-stable rosemary salt blend with salt, a healthy portion of rosemary, sage, a little bit of garlic, not so much. And the key ingredient is lemon juice powder to really bring up that acid. So I love those products. They're ones that everybody wanted. So I'd make them for the holidays. And then during the course of the pandemic, we said, shoot, you know, we, we love the flavor industry. We've designed these products. Why don't we make them available to the world? It's been a learning experience, an exciting experience. And we're just, we're just seeing where we go from here. Oh, I'm excited. We're going to have to get that uh, link in our show notes. I'm going to try it out. Hobiesessentials.com. Well, that's amazing. You know, I am simply excited for the opportunity, one, to get to know you. I love what you do. You've risen to the challenge. You service the industry in such a unique way. I want people to know more about you, how to get a hold of you, but I'm going to give you the floor one more time. We're going to bring this to a close. Any last words, thoughts, or things that you want to share with our listeners? Because I really, really, really want them to get to know you and connect with you. Thank you. I mean, the most important thing to me is that we just, as much as we can as individuals, as employees, whatever we may do, just keeping a positive, open mindset, I think is so incredibly important. And I have in the past and still design experiences to really open people's minds in this industry. And some people who are not in the industry, typically using food and beverage. Historically, it's all been with wine, but we've expanded beyond that as well. We offer a truly blindfolded sensory experience called tasting in the dark, which is really a way of understanding products without the distraction of our eyesight. We literally blindfold folks and taste products and talk about them. Not only what do they taste like, but how do they make us feel? How do we experience our surroundings when we temporarily do not have our our eyesight to use and to sort of, if you will, fall back on? That's a lot of what I do. And I, I love the work. I love changing people's perspective as much as I can. But I, more than anything, I like getting to know people. I like conversations. I like anyone and everyone. If you want to reach out and talk about life, about what you do, about how we might be able to help out, or just if you have interesting stuff to share or just, just want to get in touch, reach out to me anytime at hobiewedler.com. That's H-O-B-Y-W-E-D-L-E-R.com. I am Hobie at HobieWedler.com, or you can submit a simple contact form on the website. But uh, my goal is to get to know each and every one of you. And don't be strangers. Reach out. I feel richer with experience when I get to know more people and, and what you do and ultimately what makes you tick. So I can't wait to, can't wait to chat with your audience, Deb, and uh, continue a wonderful relationship with you as well. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait to bring this conversation forward to the world as well as the people I know as well in the flavor and fragrance industry. So I want to wish you continued success. I am grateful for having found you, us getting to know each other, connecting with each other. And I can't wait to see where you go with your business. So I just want to say thank you. You've been an amazing guest. Right back at you, Deb. Thank you for for finding me. And, And I'll thank Ben Baker, who originally put us in touch just on the show because he's an amazing ally and connector. And and I just, I'm so happy that that we were able to meet. And I wish you nothing but continued success and happiness and full success with your podcast and your business as well. Thank you very, very much for the opportunity. It's been a joy. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. 
If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.